I want to talk to you today about talking to God. Uh, the t- if you want to follow along on our, you can follow along on the website. You go to rmfchurch.org, click on media, and then click on live. Or you can go all the way down to the bottom of the website where it says live and just click on that. It'll take you to today's message. It's a huge title. God doesn't have a cell phone, but I still talk to him. God doesn't have Facebook, but he's still my friend. God doesn't have a Twitter account, but I still follow him. Man. Thank you. Prayer. We're going to be talking about prayer. But, uh, you know, there's been a lot of stuff said this last week or two about, uh, you know, uh, prayer and that uh, they said, you know, if you hear from God, you're mental. And uh, there's been a lot of negative things said. If you haven't been, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that's probably good. But uh, if you, in the news, you know, I don't watch the news, but it's on, it's everywhere. But uh, I got aggravated. I did, and uh, because I just thought, you know, for them to say that Christians are mental because they hear from God, that's just, well, that's just wicked, that's just mean, it's just, and I was just getting uh, aggravated, and so I was praying in the morning, just talking to God, just communion, walking around, the Lord says, ah, it doesn't offend me. He says, why are you letting it offend you? Do you realize she doesn't even know me? That's why she says that. She says, I, you know, this is the thing. How do we think people who don't know God should respond? You think they're going to respond, oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, they're not going to respond like that. They don't know God. But yet Christians think that the world ought to respond the same way Christians should. And then when they don't, we get offended. How dare them act. Jesus said, they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. He says, I didn't let it ruin my day. Why are you letting it ruin yours? It's just some good common sense, man. So when people act crazy, you know, don't just think, oh, man, you stupid idiot. You didn't. The Lord says, uh-uh-uh. I love, I died for all of them. Jesus loves them all. So... Just be, don't be so critical. Just realize that, you know what? They don't know God. And that's how people respond who don't know God. Thank you for that enthusiasm. All right, we're going to talk about prayer, talking to God today. The Lord, I just believe he spoke in my heart that he says he's going to set some people free today. Concerning prayer, do you realize prayer is one of the most legalistic, religious things that the church has done for in the body of Christ. We've just made prayer religious, bondage. We've made prayer bondage. Jesus, he started talking about prayer in Matthew chapter 6, but before he said what prayer was, and we're going to do this, we're, we're going to talk to you about what prayer is not. And Jesus said uh, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, for when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the what? Hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogue, on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. And surely I say to you, they have the reward. One translation says, they just like to pray a long time. I used to think that if I prayed a long time, God was more pleased with me. 
You probably have never thought that. But, and I thought if I would pray, you know, just to make sure I pray and pray hard. What does that mean anyway? Oh, brothers, you got something, you got all hell breaks loose in your life. You, somebody goes, well, you just need to pray hard. Okay. How do you do that? That's like going up to somebody who says, well, you need to talk to your wife. Talk to her hard. Talk to your wife really hard. What does that mean? Talk to your wife. Honey. You change your voice? I need to talk to you today. She would go, what have you done with my husband? You know, it wouldn't be so funny, but this is what Christians do. And let me just say this. I've done all of these, just so you know. I'm not condemning anybody. I've done everything that I'm going to talk to you today about. And I'm free of all of them. I believe today, I stand before you today, I have the most awesome relationship with my Heavenly Father than I've ever had in my whole entire life. I am more free from bondage and religion and legalism than I've ever been. And that's the way God wants us all to have a relationship with Him. Because I filled out my religious card in the morning before. Prayer, check. Read my Bible, check. Done with God for the day. Check. <laughs> Years ago, when I was in my early 20s, there was a, a man who he got really famous for the teaching of praying to God for one hour. This, I was in Louisville, Kentucky, and uh, uh, he came to Louisville, and I went and heard him. And he taught this. I mean, it just seemed so anointed and so... Uh, I do realize this. People mistake anointing for exciting. <laughs> I've heard this, this YouTube person, and he was just so, un it seemed very anointed. And, and the, if I said his name, you would probably know him. He's a very popular preacher. And he said, if God has killed your child, there's meaning behind that. And he said it like that. And he says this, and, and there's music in the background to make it more anointed, you know. And then he sits there and he goes, and if a car gets up on a sidewalk and, and runs over your wife and kills her, it's not meaningless. There's meaning behind that that God wants you to know. And it sounds so wicked, wrong. But when he says it, Christians just soak it up and just think, hallelujah. So don't mistake excitement and passion for the anointing and the truth of God's Word. If it goes against the Word of God, I don't care how passionate it is. Amen? All right. But anyway, I, I was, he was preaching about praying for one hour. You know, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane in uh, Matthew 26. I mean, it was one of the most critical times of all of history. And... Uh, the disciples are falling asleep. It's late at night. And Jesus tells them, I want you to stay awake so you don't fall into temptation. And he says, can't you guys just stay awake for an hour and pray with me for an hour? You, you realize he went, they were just falling asleep. Can't you just, he wasn't saying making a doctrine out of it. Just read the whole context. He didn't say, 
Listen, you got to pray an hour. And the reason we know that because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he prayed tons of times, and it wasn't an hour. So obviously he didn't mean, if you pray, pray one hour. If you pray for 30 minutes, it means nothing to me. Well, he didn't mean that. But then people take that, and then they make a doctrine of it. You have to pray to God for an hour. So when that teaching came out, man, the guy, he was just giving stuff, you know, and he was doing it. So I thought... I'm praying for an hour from now on every day of my life. Here we go. The next first day, whoo, I was excited. Oh, I was excited. The first 10 minutes, I was excited. And then I started looking at my watch, and I thought, holy cow, man, an hour is a long time. I, you know, you can pray about the whole world from, I mean, from the dogs, the cats, to the po- You can pray about everything in an hour. You're just like, God, I'm done. I mean, I, and I got 45 minutes left. <laughs> so uh, let's just pray. I pray for you. And, you just, and it's just like, really? And so the next day, it, it was tougher. And the next day, I did not last. It wasn't months. It was days. <laughs> I just said, Lord, have mercy on me. I, this is just, this is work. This is hard. You know, the Bible says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, and I'm thinking, this is hard. <laughs> Did you know, God, what if, what if you had a relationship, or let's just say your relationship with your spouse, if you look at him, you just go, this is hard. I don't think that's a compliment. I could be wrong, but I don't think it's a compliment. And yet we think God's okay with that. We think it's okay with that. We think it's okay for us to go, God, I mean, talking to you is just really hard. I just, and God goes, well, no. God wants it to be enjoyable. And he does, listen, if you're, people are going to be set free today. If you feel like you are condemned because you don't pray enough, you're going to be set free today. God's not looking at his what, first of all, there's no time in heaven. He doesn't have his Rolex going, that was three minutes and 35 seconds. Really? Really? You're never going to hear that from God. But, man, I started praying an hour, and I would get it, and I would get done, and I would look, and I'd go, one hour. Oh, I made it. I relate that for my spouse or my friends. You know, I'm going to, okay. Friday's my day off, you know, I take Fridays off. And so what if I, Melody and I, were out sitting in the back deck, you know, and, and I could say, go. It's 11 o'clock, you got to 12. You know, and halfway through, I'm going, mm-hmm, three-fourths through, mm-hmm, 15, go ahead. You think that would be okay with her? And then after the hour, okay, got to go. I wasn't finished. Yeah, I, I got to go. I got stuff that I got to do. I just got to go. And yet we think God's, we, we, he's happy about you spending an hour with him. We, we have made prayer so religious that it's a stench in God's nostrils. If you're new to our church, we just tell it like it is in case you didn't know. God is not interested in how long you pray or talk to him. First of all, prayer is not a set time. It's just getting to know in communion with your father. 
I, qu- I, I was set free when I quit timing myself, how long I prayed. As a pastor, there was, there was a time I, I was over at the, the old building, and then, you know, I would keep track for a week of how long I prayed. In one week, it was very little. You would be, I don't even want to tell you because some of you think, and you call yourself a pastor. I do. But this is the thing. I was standing there worshiping God and the whole time feeling condemnation, condemned. I didn't pray very much this. And now I got to go and stand in front of these people and give them your word, God. Oh, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. That was a stench to God. He was probably holding his nose while I was talking. I don't know. It's just a thought. God's relationship with us is not time-based. It's heart-based. So now in the morning when I talk to God, I talk to God. I never time myself, never look at my watch, you know, to say, well, I'm feeling pretty good today. I talked to you for an hour and 12 minutes. <laughs> Went over the hour. What do you think, God? I don't time. Having said that, I don't want to be so offensive. If you pray an hour and you're good about it, I mean, your heart feels good, then keep doing it by all means. I can't. And don't. I don't put time limits on myself, and God doesn't put time limits on me. I'm free, man. I mean, I may talk to God. I get up early in the morning, anywhere from 4.30 to 6, usually 6.30, the the very latest. But And I I start talking to God, make me a cup of African tea. It's got more caffeine than coffee. (laughs) Just puts a spring in your step. But anyway, and I start talking to God. I thank God. I said, God, I really like the taste of this tea. This is good stuff. You realize that's communion with God? I don't have to go to my closet, get on my knees. And if you do that, that's fine. I'm not trying to condemn you in any way. But if you're doing it, anything about God that causes you to feel better and you think that God feels better about you because of what you're doing, It's called religion and self-righteousness, and it means nothing. I don't care if you do it for four hours a day. Let's just get this out in the open. Everybody love the pastor today? Just checking. I'm not feeling a lot of love, but anyway, thank God I don't go about feelings, right? Okay. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free. So, man, I mean, I just talk to him like I'm talking to you. And, and listen, if you talk to God in King James, you are just messed up. You say, man, that's just rude. Well, do you talk to King James to everybody else? I don't think so. Unless you're weird. And I do mean weird. And you can come up after service and be set free of that. But anyway, if... Uh, People, you know, if you think that, you know, God, my Father, and if you change your voice, I've heard people do that. They start praying, and they change their voice. Father. You know, God knows Kentuckian. I speak to him the same way I speak from Kentucky. You understand? And he's excited about that. He doesn't want, he wants me to be me. You know, if you go to God and pray for him, he goes, who is that? 
It's in Mike's body, but I don't, that's not Mike. I think God has to say that a lot to Christians. Who is that? Father, I'm coming to you today. Dad, I'm here. I just talk normal to him. You should too. It should be a normal relationship. It should be normal. Unless you're not normal. <laughs> we won't go that way, but I mean, anyway. It, it <laughs> oh, I love to preach. Listen to me. If you're feeling condemned about your prayer life, after today, stop it. God doesn't want you condemned about your prayer life. You cannot pray more or less to get his acceptance. To get God to love you, his love for you is the, he loved you the ultimate love before you even got saved. Before you even said one prayer, by the way. You were not even praying and he died for you. So you think your praying, praying is going to get him to love you more? He can't love you any more than dying for you, giving his only begotten son, for God so loved the world. That was before any of us got saved, before any of us were praying. My point is, just talk to God. I talked to God through it. I talked to him for a few minutes. It's not time. It's usually a few minutes in the morning. Sometimes it's longer than sometimes it's not. But when I start reading my Bible, I'm still communion with God. That's part of my communion with God. I say, Lord, man, God, this is an awesome scripture. God, this is an awesome scripture. What am I doing? I'm talking to him. When I see something cool, especially if I'm with my boys, uh, if I see something cool, we're doing something, I go, hey, boy, but look at this. This is so cool. God, you know, like if we're in the mountains or doing something, you know, I go, is God cool or what? <laughs> God is so cool. That's communion with God. That is communion. And I even go, I did this the other day. The other day, I saw a cool sports car going down the road, and I went, whoa. I mean, I was, it's one of them head turners, you know. And you know what I said? I said, God, you made man so smart to build something so cool. You are awesome, God. That's communion with God. I do that all the time. I just talk. I mean, you see something cool, and I tell God it's cool. God, you are so awesome. That is cool what you did. Most people think they got to run to their closet, get on their knees. I, if you get on your knees, and that, that's fine. I'm not condemning you. I don't. Hurts my knees for a while. First of all, it's, it's much comfortable to... I walk when I pray, when I talk on the phone. If I, you talk to me for more than 30 seconds, I'm going to get up from my chair and I'm going to walk. When I talk to God, I walk. I just walk. It just... There's something about my feet that's connected to my heart. It makes me think easy. So I just walk. So I do that. There, there was somebody that I knew years and years ago that they, they believed that you had to wear a dress to church. If you're a woman. Let's <laughs> have to clarify that. If you're a woman, you had to wear. Yeah, I know. Although, I don't know. Anyway, but... Uh, and so I said, well, why do you do that? Why, why do you 
think you have to. Well, I just think it's proper. So I said something kind of mean. I said, so let me get this straight. If you're at home, and she, she said that she thought that, you know, she could go into the presence of God. And it just helped her to get in the presence of God wearing a dress. So I said, let me get this straight. Do you wear a dress at home? No, I wear pants at home. So I said, if you're going to talk to God, do you hurry and run, get a dress on, and then come back and talk to God? <laughs> just a thought. And she just stared at me. And that was the end of the conversation. But anyway, my point is, you can get so religious. Really? You can get so religious that your clothing matters if God's going to hear you or not. If you have makeup on or the lack of it, or and the, and the list goes on and on and on, God wants you to be normal. And Christians so many times become unnormal, weird, and flaky when they start talking about prayer. Just be normal. You're scaring people. You scare me, man, and I'm fearless. But anyway... Just talk to God like you would your spouse. First of all, in Matthew chapter 6, he says, Father. He says, pray like this, Father, Daddy. Does anybody talk to their daddy weird? I mean, toward the point you go, Father. <laughs> My kids did that, man. I just say, what are you doing? Did you hit your head? No. Well, then you need to go hit it because something's wrong with you. No, you talk normal to your dad. Why do we get religious when we start talking to our father? Or talk about our father? Just be normal to him. Man, Father, I, I tell you what, man, today was a long day, God. I mean, whew, man. I know this. There's been times in my life. There's been tragedy. There's been some things unexpected. I, my nephew, when uh, he had a three-year-old girl, and she died, not only did I have to do the funeral, but it was just a hard time in our life, our family. And I look back on that, and the only thing I couldn't pray, I couldn't talk to God, the only thing I just thought, if there came a time, that was the only time probably since I've been a pastor, that I thought, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to quit. I can't do this, God. can't do this. And I had a friend call me, a pastor friend, call me. He heard what happened. He says, Mike, I just want to encourage you that God loves you and that you're doing a great job. And this means nothing about your job, whether or not you feel like you're doing bad or good or whatever. And I went, wow. When something like that and you, you just, you don't have all the answers. Your heavenly father, he knows that even if you respond in a negative way or if you just don't respond at all, your heavenly father, would, if you could see in the spiritual realm, he's just holding you. There's been times in my life when we've had deaths, you know. Uh, I did both of my parents' funeral. I did close friends. My best friend, when we were growing up, he was 18 years old. He was murdered, stabbed, stabbed several times. And uh, he was 
my nephew, my sister was pregnant, and he was born two months before I was. My mom and my sister, you know the movie The Father of Bride? They got that from my family. <laughs> my sister was pregnant at the same time. Matter of fact, she, was pre- she had two kids before I was even born. My sister had two kids before I was even born. So I was born a little bit late in life. <laughs> but anyway, we grew up like brothers. He was two months. I was, he was born April 7th. I was born June 7th. So we just grew up down the street like brothers, fought like brothers, everything like brothers. And when uh, I went in the Air Force and he went in the Navy because I couldn't go in the Navy. I, I'm not a water guy. So anyway, uh, uh, he was murdered when he was in the Air Force by a drug deal that went bad. He was in heaven. Uh, I know he's in heaven. He got born again about the same time I did. But uh, he wasn't living for God or whatever, and he's with the wrong crowd, drug crowd. And uh, so my sister, for a year, cried herself to sleep every night because she didn't know if he was in heaven or not. And me telling her that I know he was because I had a heart-to-heart relationship with him the last time that I saw him. He was driving. He was home on leave, and I was home on leave, so we got together, and um, I, I heard him. I told him about what kind of church, you know, we both grew up in the same church that was a lot of legalism, a lot of, if you don't do this, God doesn't like you, and, and so we never did do any of that, so obviously we thought God hated us, but anyway, uh, <laughs> I said, I go to a different church now where I know that God loves you, man. He loves you. His name is Junior, and uh, I said, Junior, man, I know he loves you. And so that was the last I heard, you know, talked to him. And, and then he went back to service and got in a, he was in a, it was a bad drug deal and he, they, they murdered him. So my sister thought he wasn't in heaven because of that. And I go, no, he's in heaven. And for a solid year, she cried herself to sleep every night, every single night. And uh, finally, she just got to the end of her rope. And she said, God, I have to know. I have to know if my son is with you. That very night, she never asked that any. She just kept, no matter what anybody told her, she refused it. But that night, she went right to sleep and didn't shed a tear. When she woke up in the morning, there was a peace in her heart, and she knew that her son was in heaven. But my point is this. We can get so religious and legalistic with people, with our loved ones, and think that God is withholding something or he's against us, I'm here to tell you, God, he doesn't just give second chances. You know, there's books out, God of a second chance. No, he's not the God of a second chance. He's the God of the third, the fourth, the fifth. How many do you need? He has them. He's the God of eternity. He never runs out of chances. Yeah, hallelujah. But if your prayer life is frustrating, if your prayer life is condemning, then your heart's in the wrong place. Just talk to God. And if you don't talk to man, I didn't talk to you this morning, God. Well, God's not going to sit there and go, oh, yeah, scratch your name off the list. I want you to know 
that you don't have to be religious. You don't have to spend a certain amount of time. You just make prayer with God normal, just like you would with your wife. There's been times I just love, don't you, if you've been married for a long time, If you've been married for quite a while, more than a year, you just start just being, feeling great just about their company with nothing said. I mean, we could be on a road trip and Melody and I, we may not talk for one or two hours. And sometimes I'll just grab hold of her hand, just hold her hand and just go. (laughs) Don't say nothing. Don't say a word. But it just feels good. I'm glad she's there. I'm that way with my father, my heavenly father. I don't have to say one word. He doesn't have to say one word to me. But he's there. That's communion. That's having a good time with God. I don't have to be, okay, honey, ready? Come on. We, we need to talk with one. You know, they say you got to talk. So talk. You're not talking. I need you to talk. You know, we're supposed to communicate. Come on, talk to me. The majority of the time, before we leave the city limits of Pueblo, she's asleep. 99.9% of the time. You can ask all my kids. My wife can go to the car. It's just like I can have the radio blasting and everything. You look over there. So I grab her hand and I hold it and she doesn't even know. I'm so grateful though. I, I like it because she's in the car. I don't like being in the car by myself. Don't like to be in the car. So she's just there, not speaking, not talking. She's sleeping. It's okay. She's there. She's not even coherent that I'm in the vehicle. But it's, it's all right. Do you understand? That's the way God is with you and me. You don't have to be talking to him all the time to be communion. Communion with God is just knowing, I'm so thankful that God is with me. I'm just so thankful that God never leaves me nor forsakes me. If I don't talk to him, he's still there. If I don't hear him talking to me, he's still there. When you pray, Matthew 6, 5, don't be like the hypocrites who stand praying. And they just want to be known. If you're telling people how long you're praying, my question to you is why? If you're asking people how long they pray, why? You're either going to feel better or you're going to feel worse. You know, if you're praying longer than them, you're going to go, yeah, I pray an hour and 15 minutes every day. You only pray 15 minutes? Oh. Mm. Don't you hate that when people go, hmm. I don't care what language you speak, you know the interpretation. be like that be set free today be set free in your prayer life today get yourself free uh, uh, of putting limits on how long you talk to God or you don't talk to God long enough you say well pastor I I just don't think I pray at all but just start throughout the day do what I do man God did make the mountains those mountains are cool Those mountains are so cool. 
Melody was uh, in the springtime. She likes to start walking out in Pueblo West. You know, we live out there, and so she'll walk around those dirt roads, and she loves the wildflowers. You know, she always points them out to me. I go, yeah, they're pretty. Look like weeds with a flower on top, but yeah, they're pretty. <laughs> she has a great respect for that. And so she was talking to God, and she just said, God, man, you did such a good, I like these purple ones, and I like these blue ones. Oh, and she was just talking with God, communion with God. And she goes, well, those I don't particularly like so much, you know, because they're this or whatever. And she just heard in her heart God say, oh, I like them. I like them. That's communion. That is such precious communion with God. It's not like in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, it says. <laughs> I get that. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the Lord will speak scriptures to me and everything. But at the same time, you know, a lot of my communion with God is just, man, I'm thanking him for stuff. I've had my truck now for three years, and it's just the coolest vehicle. I love my truck. And I at least once a week, sometimes once a day, three, four times, it's not. Just a lot of times in my life, I, when I get my truck, I thank God for my truck. Lord, thank you for that truck. That's communion with God. You remember when it was eight degrees uh, a couple of Sundays ago, and it was, or was it last Sunday, whenever it was really cold and snow on the ground? I was in my, in my house, and I hit the automatic start on my truck. Thank you, God, that I have automatic start. I'm in 70 degrees, it's 8 degrees out there, and I just push a button. It's a wonderful thing. And so I thank God for stuff like that. I thank God for giving wisdom. I, do you know how it works? I have no idea how you can push a button and a vehicle starts. How is that even possible? I mean, it sends these invisible radio waves out there, and it knows it, and it picks it up. I mean, if I turn the radio on, it didn't start. You think, well, it's invisible. I don't understand that. How can, but God has given man the technology and the wisdom and, and just supernatural ability. Patsy's husband, uh, we did his funeral. He was a big NASA guy. Man, I was just fascinated learning about it. He did some all these special things with NASA. I mean, I go, And I think I can just barely say NASA. I don't even, and this guy, he was doing all this. And God gave man such highly intellectual ability to figure stuff out, to put people on the moon, go around the moon, put, send stuff to Mars, and enjoy. Wow. That's why I thank God so much. The majority of your prayer should, or your communion with God should be communion. I mean, Thanksgiving. God, you're so awesome. The majority of the prayer for the church around the world is moaning, groaning, and complaining. The majority. And you know what that means? The majority of prayers are a stench before God. God, why aren't you doing this? And you know, I've, I've had a problem in my leg for 12 years, and you're doing nothing about it. If you would get into the word of God and come to this church, we will tell you he did something about it 2,000 years ago. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says that how God has given us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. 
God has given us everything you need. So instead of begging God, and most prayers, to be honest with you, they're begging. If, you, if you've gone to a prayer meeting, sometimes they're just, they're gross. That's the only word that comes to my mind. They're just religious. Oh, God. God. Oh, God. First of all, right there, that's a turnoff. People come to me, pastor. It's like, oh, help me, Jesus. If I could say, beat me up, Scotty, right now. But anyway, and, and you just start begging God as if that is faith. That's doubt and unbelief. It's doubt. And, and then we wonder why prayers don't get answered. Well, if you're praying in doubt and unbelief, that is why. The majority of prayers are exactly like that. And then we blame God. He just doesn't hear me. Well, if you're begging God to hear your, heal your toe and he's not doing anything, you may consider going into the Word and finding out why. Why don't you pay my house payment, God? Why don't you pay? What don't you pay? I know I'm on the little sarcastic side, but listen to me. We just need to be set free of that. We need to be set free of begging God. Turn that ship around and start thanking Him that He's, Father, your Word says that you've given every need is met. Now, I, my house isn't being paid for. I'm having trouble getting this house paid. But your word says this. So I'm going to stand on your word, and I'm going to thank you that I believe this house, I call it paid for in the name of Jesus, and thank him, and thank him, and thank him, and thank you for it. Now, faith arrives inside of you, and whoa, let's see if that prayer won't get answered now. Turn that puppy around. Start making the majority, and this is what I say. I was going to say at my leadership and got a leadership meeting today. That's what I'm going to tell them. I said, you know, a problem without a solution is a complaint. Well, I tell you what, y'all just need to do this around here. Y'all just need to do this. You're complaining. No, I'm just letting you know the problem. A problem without a solution is a complaint. You may need to remember that when you go to your boss in your workplace. You want to have a better relationship with your boss? Don't just bring problems to him. You want to get his attention, bring a problem with a solution. Now you're going to go somewhere. God has never come to you or to me about anything without a solution. The solution has already been created before the problem ever existed. Healing has been provided for before you ever got sick. Provision has been provided for before you ever got a bill, before you ever got a debt. God has created a solution. Do you realize electricity was on this planet from day one? Adam and Eve could have had heating, air conditioning. They could have had a Lamborghini. The, the bill, all of the stuff for all of that was on this earth. It was on here. It just took man you know, a few hundred years, a few thousand years, all of a sudden, hey, we can have electricity. God didn't go, I'm going to create electricity for you. It was here already. Gasoline. For, the oil was in this planet thousands of years before we, man goes, hey, we can create fuel. The Lord says, that's why I put it here. He's created all things. And if, if man ever thinks that it's going to run out and we're going to just all die, if, if it does, God's got other stuff we just don't know. We, just, it, everything's here. Everything is here. 
So just start thanking God. Thank God for fuel. Thank God you got gas in your tank. Thank God that you got a vehicle. If you don't have a vehicle, thank God you can walk. Thank God for something. There is something for you to be thankful for. So quit your whining. Everybody still love the pastor? Listen to me. This is an introduction. But listen to me. Don't pray just to see how long you can go. Don't pray and talk to God because you feel like I need to do this. Don't, do, don't have that. It's the wrong heart attitude. Just talk to him. If you want to pray an hour, fine. Is it, the right, is it because you want to talk to him for an hour or is it because you, you feel like you're going to get in good with him? You feel like he's going to give past favor on to you. If it is, that's self-righteousness. And I'm telling you, it mean, you should have just turned the TV on. Watch something else. Because it's, it's bad as effective. Talk to God, man, like you would your friend. Talk to God like you would your dad. Talk to him. Talk to him. Don't get religious. Don't get King James on me. I just don't know what to say. Do you know how to talk to your father, your earthly father? Do you know how to talk to your friend, your spouse? Then that's the way you talk to God. Your father. Talk to him. And if you just say, God, man, I just want to spend some time with you. I've just sat on a couch before and just go, drink a cup of coffee. Lord, I just want to drink my cup of coffee with you. You can do that. You don't have to be talking. It's just like the Lord says he'll never leave me nor forsake me. We get so spooky, spooky spiritual. Just be normal. Just like I would with my wife. You know, I don't sit down and go, okay, babe, I'm getting ready to talk to you. Ready? (sighs) She'd look at me like, why are you acting weird? I know God doesn't do this, but if I was God, I'd go, why are you acting weird? Just be normal when you talk to me. Just be normal. Spend time with God just saying, man, he's, he's with me, man. He is with me. He never leaves me nor forsakes me. So when I sit down, I go, God, thank you for being with me. Thank you for being with me. You know, I've been almost in a couple of wrecks, and I go, whoa, thank you, God. Whoa, thank you, man. That was a close one. Whew, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of y'all need to really do that the way you drive. But anyway, (laughs) that'll fill up your whole prayer life right there. But anyway, just be normal when you pray. Be normal. Don't be spooky spiritual. Don't try to get all religious and legalistic with God. That's an introduction. But we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about just being normal with God. This is going to set you free. It's going to cause you today. I am so serious. I feel closer to God, my Father, now. Just being normal, not having religious restraints or legalistic things on my life like I did just a handful of years ago. I used to make myself pray. I used to make myself read the Bible and not just made myself do that. And today, I don't do any of that. None of it. I don't make myself pray. I don't make myself read the Bible. I want to. I want to spend time with God. And I feel 
my relationship is stronger and closer today with God than it ever has been. And I don't have legalistic check boxes at all. I don't have any I have to's at all. Come on now, this is set you free because a lot of you sit there and goes, well, I'm just not very spiritual because I don't do this and I don't do that. Then I'm not very spiritual either. And it's not being spiritual anyway. God never did say, be spiritual. Just go out there and be spiritual. No, he said, go out there and let's just, let's commune. Yes, be yourself and talk to God. Let's stand.